Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 25 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Today, I am joined by Dr. Narissa Crayer of Pharmacy industry MD coach. She is a business coach who helps physicians transition to a fulfilling career in the pharma industry. Our talk today is entitled taking the first step, getting over the fear of starting a business. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about business, starting a business, the mindset that comes over it, and especially all that internal chatter that you might have about it. Dr. Crayer, as I said, is the CEO of Pharma Industry MD Coach. She is also the chief medical officer of a biotech company. She is on the board of directors of a biotech company. She is a pediatric endocrinologist by training, and she holds a MBA from Northeastern University. I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Crayer to have a conversation with another business coach. So, Please help me and welcome Dr. Crayer and enjoy our conversation. Welcome, welcome Dr. Crayer in person. So I am so excited that we're going to talk about business today. Um, you know, you do a lot of business coaching for physicians. Um, I do business coaching on how to start your aesthetic practices and other things. And so I think it's really just an important thing to talk about even with non-physicians, because I bet you, especially after the pandemic and when we look at our lives, there's probably a lot of people out there that are like, wow, it would be so great to own a business. Maybe they have an idea for something they want to do on the side or full-time or grow into, or they've seen a need and they're like, why is nobody doing it? So really to talk about some of the maybe obstacles, mindset things we hear from people that are thinking about wanting to start a business, have considered starting a business, but aren't quite making the jump. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think we, we get in our own way, right? So from a life coaching perspective, as you know, our brains are designed to keep us safe. And so I think we revert to what is the safest path and starting a business is taking a risk. So I think at the heart of it, it it's our brains getting in the way of allowing us to take risk. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know who said that quote. I don't know if you've ever heard it, that the most addictive thing is a regular paycheck. <laughs> I haven't heard that before, but it, it resonates for sure. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. Like when we think about doing a business, you are right. There is a, there's so much bravery required, right? And there's that, I mean, let's talk about the stages. I mean, a lot of it, what, what do you think it is? Is the putting yourself out there, the committing, the taking away the security. I mean, just tell us through some of the things that you see and what are some of the messages you want to share? Absolutely. 
So if, if I reflect back on starting my business, which currently is a, a side business, so um, uh, important, I think, to share that, but even doing that, for me, there was the internal judgment around what will people think? Will people think I think I know everything? Will people think, oh, you know, what if she fails? So there's a lot of that drama of what are other people going to think? And ultimately, and, and I'm, I'm glad I was able to overcome that, but ultimately I let the opportunity to help people outweigh that worry about what would people think. But I do think that a lot of people I coach let that get in the way of them pursuing something that will be fulfilling to them and that will be helpful to them. So that worry about what other people are going to think is something that I, I feel like we let get in the way of so much of our lives. And, and I would encourage people to, to try really hard to focus more on what do they think about themselves versus what other people are going to think about them. Because in the end, we can't control that anyway. Absolutely. I love that. That whole, like, what you think, what you want versus letting other people. And, you know, the other thing that I always challenge people in my coaching is like, who are these people? And normally the people that people are worried about the judgment, they're like a collaboration of like the meanest kid from high school, the hypercritical aunt, and I don't know, all these enemies, right? <laughs> like, the people that people have in their head are really mean people. <laughs> I'm I'm chuckling because that is so true. We don't think about, um, you know, what is my best friend going to think? What is my partner that's really supportive of me going to think? It it is. What are all the, and and some of it right are are these people that are dreamt up in our minds, the, the worst of the worst critics. Right. What are the haters going to think? And, and also like, what are the people going to think that I'm going to help? That's right. What are they going to think? Like, I, I think it's so important to really go into this issue a little bit deeper of the, what are people going to think? It's first of all, like you already said, we cannot control anybody's thoughts other than our own. So people are going to think what they're going to think. But if you really worry about what people are going to think, like, what are the people going to think that you're going to help? What are maybe your children going to think that you're going to set an example? And what is that person going to think who's like, oh, wow, Dr. Crayer did this great transition. That means I can do it too. Right. And, you know, as I think back on when I started my coaching business um, more than two years ago, I was really the only person doing this. And now there are others. And I don't see that as competition. I see that as I paved a path for other people to think, hey, if she's doing that, 
I can do that too. And there's lots of need for the kind of coaching I do. So there's room for more than just me. So that's another way to also think about, you know, paving that path and giving people the ability to see themselves as a coach or as being able to build a business and help other people. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what I just kind of thought about two things when you said that was also to like normalize success, right? Mm -hmm. And especially as women, and, you know, you and I are not minorities, but if somebody is maybe a minority or uh, first or second generation in this country or has faced whatever hardship it might be, having a learning disability, being neurodivergent, whatever, maybe you might not traditionally associate with quote unquote, a business owner, which is again, another fabricated image in our mind. But again, showing that next person, I mean, I think that's, you know, and this is not meant to be a political statement at all, but I think that's what Kamala Harris did for a lot of kids, right? Is to be like, wow, there's a brown person in government. You know, there's a woman in government. That means this is actually a path for me. Um, So I think when you spoke about that and how you paved the path for that next generation, it's absolutely true. It's, it's one of those like, oh yeah, women can be physicians and moms and business owners and coaches. And even if you're not a physician, I mean, this is not just for physicians. You and I just happen to both be physicians. You can be all the things and hopefully it becomes more and more normalized that there isn't like that perceived ceiling of what we can and cannot be. Absolutely. Um, yes, I, I think that that's true from, from multiple perspectives. And as you said, you know, you and I are both physicians and we can apply it to that. But this is, this is really any of your listeners taking something that they see as a hurdle in front of them and blowing that hurdle up and having the confidence, the drive, the direction to take a risk and be confident in themselves. And even if it is a quote unquote, a failure, you know, failures teach us things. Failures shouldn't be something that lead us to quit. Failures should be something that we say, okay, I did it this way. It didn't work out like I expected it to. What did I learn from it? And then pivot and try again. I think that's something else for people to understand. When they look at you as a successful podcaster, for example, well, maybe you weren't successful right off the bat, right? When they look at a physician, Maybe that physician didn't get into medical school the first time around, but on social media and the way that marketing happens, sometimes we forget that a person's path wasn't immediate success. And just remembering that there is a path behind that success, and it might include some failures that we had to pivot from. Yeah. And I think they, you know, I, 
I can't remember concrete examples, but I love that when when some of the top CEOs talk about how they were rejected by this business school or they try to kind of, you know, work for that company and they said, no way. And, you know, and it's really also sometimes even more to like, don't let the failure stop you. It's like without that failure, they might have just taken a corporate job versus being like, well, I'm going to found my own company and I'm going to, you know, do it my own way. And now we have, you know, Apple or Amazon and, and all of these big innovators. Absolutely. Yeah. So just, just remembering that you, you don't often get to success the first time around. I mean, there are plenty of people who maybe are lucky and win the lottery and that happens, but the success that we see in businesses on TV, et cetera, often there's such a long path to that. And just reminding ourselves that we can be on that path too and drive towards that success. Absolutely. And in business, sometimes it's even just like taking 10 steps back and seeing where you came from, sort of taking that bird's eye view and being like, oh, wow. So even if I didn't hit my sales goal here, like, what I made is still more than what I made five years ago. Or, you know, it's like when you think about the ebbs and flows of the stock market, like it's still going up, mm-hmm. even if like momentarily it's down. And when we talk about our brains, like our brains are designed to keep us safe. So one of the things our brains also do is to focus more on the gap versus the gain, meaning we more focus on the million that we haven't made versus the hundred thousand that we just made last year that really made us super happy. Yes. And I think what you're talking about is celebrating the small wins, right? That's another way to think about it is, okay, maybe my goal was a hundred thousand and I made 80. Well, I should celebrate the 80, not focus on the gap of the 20. Um, And and they can be many, many smaller goals too, right? Even for someone that's listening that hasn't yet started the business, celebrating the small win today of sitting down and writing a list of ideas that you have, you know, spend 10 minutes. And then after that 10 minutes, celebrate that you did something with an idea you have that's a stepping stone to starting the business or changing your career or whatever that goal is. And those celebrations start to build upon themselves. You get positive energy from doing that. And then you want to take that next step because there's positivity that comes from it. So really celebrating small wins, I think is an important message as well. I love that. And and if we really go through that person, maybe that's driving in their car right now, listening, that's like, wow, I've always wanted to do that. You know, yes, mindsets are huge hurdles and you and I are there to tell them you are capable, you can do it. Um, Where do you think they should even start? So if you're like, you know, if they're not even there at looking at their sales, like if somebody's really driving and saying, I've always wanted to do that, where would you suggest they even start with starting a business? 
Yeah. Um, so I do think there's the thought piece of it. And then there's sort of like the step-by-step, how do you start a business? So the thought piece of it, I would just go back to, you know, write down your ideas, look at what, what is this business? What is this concept? And really brainstorm what you bring to the table, what is missing in the environment that you might be starting a, a business in. On the more tactical side of things, um, I I very much believe, I I have an MBA, so I very much believe in the business plan. There are a couple of really good books out there that can help you draft a business plan. And the steps that are involved in drafting a business plan really help you hone in on where you can provide the most value to the world. So that would be my, you know, most sort of tactical advice is really take the time to build a thorough business plan. Great. And I do love that mindset idea. If we're kind of going to focus a little bit more on the mindset is to really start with writing down your ideas. And then I think sometimes it's just like to then take those little pieces and make them more and more concrete as you kind of go along. Absolutely. Yes. And so as you, as you look at this list, right, your thoughts about each of the ideas will change over a week, a day, a month, as you go for a walk and mull over an idea, maybe you first thought it was a great idea. And then after a few weeks of thinking about it, you found some potential holes in it. And that leads to other ideas coming up. So it's not like the list has to be perfect. It's a starting point that gives you a chance to really, you know, there's there's evidence, right, of writing things down. And so taking it out of your brain, putting it on a piece of paper, is a really important step in being able to further refine your ideas. So that would be something that I would really encourage people to focus on. Love that. And as you spoke, one of the other things I wanted to add to that, that I think goes well with that is that sort of messy, imperfect action. So I think people that actually go from then the idea to the doing it, like you're not going to have every detail worked out. Yes, we definitely want you to write out a business plan. And and again, we're going to keep it a little generalized and focus on the mindset piece because everything else gets a little specific based on what business you want to do, obviously. Um, But I think as a mindset thing is sometimes people get stuck in this phase too of the dreaming and the scheming and the planning because they think they have to have every little detail worked out but it's really decisions that move you forward, right? At some point you have to take the next step and you're not going to feel ready. That's the other thing. Anybody who's done anything big and started anything big knows that there's going to be parts that aren't going to feel ready and that you are going to feel so afraid 
because again, our brains are designed, like Dr. Carrier said, our brains are designed to keep you safe. When you are getting ready to step out of safety, it's going to be scary. So, so true. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I, in my business, was doing one-on-one coaching. And I decided that I also wanted to offer an online course. And I remember mulling over each of the modules and there was this analysis paralysis, right? Of, do I have this font correct? I want this to look perfect. What if I've missed something? Should I re-record another video? And I hired a coach because I recognized that I needed someone to help me get past that phase. And ultimately, when we hit the button on publish, go live, I still felt that there could be some things that I could have made, you know, 1% more perfect, but getting it out into the world was more valuable than holding it back to fix that 1% that could have been slightly better. So it, it's, it's a absolutely true that you just have to get past that one more chance. Let me just make one more change and put it out into the universe. Yeah. And I'm sure you still remember the fear of hitting that publish go yeah. button of like, oh my God, this is it. We're really doing it. Am I sure I can back out now? Maybe not. Yes. 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 And if you think about it, you know, we make such a big deal out of these seemingly little mistakes. Um, if you're if you receive emails, which we all do, you know, marketing emails, right? Sometimes people get the link wrong. Sometimes big companies send out the wrong advertisement and they have to send a correction and the world keeps turning, right? <laughs> Nothing bad happens. So also not catastrophizing small mistakes. You can go back and fix them. It's okay. And also not making those small mistakes mean anything about your competency, right? Because that's kind of what I see happening is that something small happens and then people go into the spiral of like, oh, well, if I can't even draft an email, like who am I to do X, Y, and Z? And it's like, no, if you can't draft an email or you made a typo, like you're human, congratulations. You have 10 fingers and one keyboard and that's all that happened. Right, right. I, I heard something just yesterday in a lot of the coaching work I do. So I don't remember exactly who to attribute it to, but the, the idea is I am a person who made a typo, right? It's not, I am the typo. And as you're saying, we oftentimes make that typo mean something so much about us. No, I am a person who made a typo. And framing it that way helps to position it 
so much better than internalizing it and making it mean I am a bad person. No, I am a person who makes mistakes. I am not a mistake. Right. You are human. And I always love to kind of bring back the human aspect of it, right? Because again, we're not robots, we're humans. And, you know, the last, one of the other points I want to touch on is that um, when we think about what holds people back, sometimes, you know, when people realize that there's somebody else doing something similar. It makes them stop them. But like you said, when you started, um, there was not very many coaches. And now there's all these coaches because we have recognized the value of coaching. I love coaching. I have multiple coaches and I want to later definitely go into how you and I have personally experienced the value of coaching. Um, but just, you know, there's billions of people in the world even if you have a small demographic, like let's say, you know, I help starting aesthetic practice owners, right? There is so many of them in the world that there's room for more than one of me. So, you know, somebody, my ideal client might really identify with the fact that I am really into building a business that it works for you and your life, that it that isn't like a you know, hustle and overwork and, but to create a sustainable, smart business that you can grow, that you can pivot, that you can do all that with, you know, that is not for everybody. So yes, there's 10, 20 other people that I know of doing the same thing. That does not mean that my idea and my approach is not valid. So if you're out there, you know, yes, in no matter how small your town is, it's going to need more than one dog rumors. I mean, think about how many people you know that are hairstylists. That does not deter other people from becoming hairstylists. I mean, the amount of restaurants people need, the amount of advice people need. So I think that's the other thing that I think people think is that their idea has to be the most original thing ever, or it's not going to work because it's whatever you bring to the table that makes you, and like you said, with the business plan, and you've touched on it multiple times, and I really wanted to highlight is that what makes you valuable, the value that you bring. And some of that could be your approach. It could be your experience. It could be how you show up as a person. It could be the demographic that you serve. Yes, 100%. Uh, I was actually just talking to a potential client last night. And she was asking me, what's different about you compared to another coach that I might work with? Help me understand what I get from you that's different. And again, it's not good or bad. It's just, I have a certain view of the type of work I do. I have different experience than another coach. And some of it does come down to the energy that people share and you feel connections with certain people. So, you know, again, that goes back to having the confidence of if this potential client chooses me, that doesn't mean that I'm better than the other coach. If 
that potential client doesn't choose me, it doesn't mean anything about me. It's more about what was the right choice for that client. So absolutely, there's room for many, many ideas in the world, and they don't have to be the, you know, the next iPhone, for example. Yes, yes. Well, so you and I have talked about coaching. We're obviously both coaches, and I assume you get coached as well. I have coaches, like coaches that coach me. Um, so, you know, for those people that are newer to coaching, and especially people that are like, well, what might a coach add to my life in terms of, let's say, business, because that's what we're talking about. Um, what do you think that that answer for you would be? Yeah, um, hundred. I, I have I have multiple coaches, as you mentioned. Um, coaching for me, not only about my business, but it it applies to business. It applies to my personal life. Um, coaching has allowed me to understand that it's like taking yourself out and looking at your brain and seeing the inner workings of your brain. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. Instead of being stuck in these thoughts that we might ruminate on and that just go circular in our brain, Coaching has helped me to sort of extract myself from that and be able to more constructively analyze my thoughts. And for business, you know, it comes back to some of the things we've already been talking about is, okay, I can ruminate in this next launch I want to do. It might fail. It might not be a good idea. People might think that I'm not a good coach if it fails. But if I extract myself from those thoughts and look at them and dissect them with coaching, I've been able to really quiet my brain. And I think it has contributed a lot to my overarching success, not only in business, but in my life in general. I mean, that is a beautiful, beautiful way to describe that. And I, I just want to add to that coaching for me really, I think, helps me optimize my life, my brain, my internal wellness. And like you said, your business and your health, it really goes to everything. Um, and like we just talked about, you know, like, yes, there's the step-by-step, -step, but the step-by-step -step for most things has been fairly well thought out, right? Like there's a pretty good sequence that you can find in terms of how to get an LLC, how to find a location, like what are the local ordinances like, right? But what a lot of times, and I think why this is important, I just this conversation is so important and I love that you're here is that what truly holds people back, you know, it's not those things. What That's truly true. holds people back is what they think, what fears they have, what, like we call them stories and coaching, you know, that story you tell yourself about yourself, about other people, about whatever it is, that's really not true. And I think coaching helps see that it's a story. It's not reality. So 
I I love that we have are having this conversation because you're right. That is what holds people back. It's the mindset behind starting a business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that you describe the this concept of stories. And and you know, if you think about it as a little kid, right? The sometimes and where I grew up, we would often instead of calling it a lie, we would call it a story. Yes, a story. Somebody told a story. And so, you know, when I hear story, it's like, ah, yeah, like my brain is is telling me a lie. And oftentimes those stories are a hundred percent. They're lies that we're fabricating to protect ourselves. So maybe that resonates with some of the listeners that, you know, don't, don't let these stories get in the way of having something that can be valuable, not only to you, but to the world. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yes. Valuable to the world, because again, you're capable, you have value, you can do it like and we're here to tell you that and we're also and i think that's also hopefully by this conversation like people hearing conversation between two coaches it's also sort of like how do we really think about it like right is like we really our job is to allow our clients to succeed to fly to be have clarity and also though to make those decisions and agency and choices in their own brain right because your inner truth and your wisdom is within you. You already know how to do it. My job is really just to help you get out of your own way a little bit. Yeah, no, I, it's funny. I was reflecting on how fun it is to talk to other coaches because we we share this language and we share this energy and hopefully your listeners are, are able to feel that and can understand that it's exactly what coaching can do. It helps pull out your own natural abilities. We don't, as coaches, we're not going to tell you step-by-step how to do something. What we're going to do is help you start to see out of your own self what you can achieve. But ultimately it does lie within ourselves. There's, There's nothing I can sort of, do that's going to make you believe that I can help you pull it out of yourself, but ultimately it comes from internal. Yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about who are the people that you help? What do you help them with? Because even if it's not our listeners, they might have a friend or share this episode. So tell us what you coach on and why. Yeah. So as you mentioned earlier, I'm a physician and I took a somewhat alternative approach to my career. Uh, I'm a physician that works in uh, drug development. And so I coach physicians and and actually now others like PhDs, masters um, in how to make career transitions into the biopharma industry. And you have a really catchy name for that. Tell us what it is and how people can find you. Yeah, it's the Pharma Industry MD Coach. And my website is industrymdcoach.com. 
You can also find me on LinkedIn. I publish lots of blogs on my website that are not just about this transition, but are about coaching in general. So welcome your audience to take a look. Please do. I mean, I love that we got a chance to know you. We'll obviously put all of your information in our show notes. So if you're interested in finding out more about Dr. Crayer, ways to work with her, or as I said, it might not be you. It might be your friend who has a PhD and is unhappily stuck in their career. Um, you know, we're really here to put it out into the universe. And, and also though, you know, that this conversation isn't a promotion. It's really, really to have that mindset conversation. So I'm going to just recap some of the kind of top ideas that we talked about. And then I'm going to ask you to add whatever you want. So as a sort of wrap up of the episode, some of Dr. Crayer's and mine best tips for if you've been thinking about wanting to do a business, but don't let mindset hold you back is number one, develop your ideas. And at the same time, do a business plan. Number two, don't worry about quote unquote other people. Most of the time their opinions exist only in your brain. Number three, don't worry about failure. Failure is going to happen and it can be a good thing. And then the last one, celebrate wins. Celebrate big wins, celebrate small wins, celebrate yourself and celebrate wins. So what do you want to add to that list? Yes. So I would add to that list that all of those items I have learned from working with coaches. I, I'm, I'm a true believer that coaching can help everyone. And I would love if we lived in a world where everyone had a coach and an opportunity to have a coach. So just really encourage people to consider this as something that can really help with their life overall. Yes. Yes. Whether it's life or business, coaches coach on a lot of anything and a lot of coaches, I mean, you're very specialized but like for example I do some life coaching and I do some business coaching within my um, field just because I love it all so again thank you from the bottom of my heart this was so much fun to have you on and to my listeners thank you so much for listening and if there was anything that you took away from this episode or if there's any questions that came up or tell us what your favorite part was and I can't wait to see you next time Bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.